Welcome to Regeneration Studio. I'm Katerina, and this is another narrative journey exploring risk-taking and creativity in business and art, where we ask one question, how can we overcome our fears, live outside the box, and transform ourselves and our community? Guess what, guys? After one year of podcasting, I finally have another podcaster on the show. So Apple has recently announced that they've hit 2 million shows, podcast shows, that is. The growth of podcasting is phenomenal, and it kind of gives us all the feeling like uh, we're screwed. Now, my guest today, Sarah St. John, had the good sense of starting her podcast, The Frugalpreneur, in 2018, right before the boom. And this one is all about helping small business owners and side hustlers start an online business effectively and on a budget. That's important. So if you own a small business or have a side hustle, if you are a creative looking to make some money off of your work, or if you are thinking of doing either of those things, Sarah's your girl. Regardless of where you want to start and what you want to do, we do live in an augmented digital age. This is it. Whether you like it or not, you need to know how to run your business and promote your work online. And that's what Sarah specializes in. And as an online content creator herself, we look at online media and how informal promotion by others, that is bloggers, vloggers, and more recently podcasters, have changed since the blogging boom a couple of years ago. Sarah has extensive experience in both entrepreneurial endeavors and things like starting a podcast, self-publishing, running an online store, dropshipping, and so much more. But before we start, I generally, honestly, truly want to know what you think of this show. I need to get things better, but I don't know what you like, and I've had like zero feedback so far. That means A, nobody's listening, or B, nobody's sending feedback. To prove that there's at least one listener out there, hello, are you there? Just send an emoji or a word or a sentence, or if you're old fashioned, a phone call. Anyway, if you do enjoy this episode, share it with a few other people, listen to a few other episodes, and if you dig the vibe, please subscribe. Lastly, just to let you know, I've got a clubhouse room happening every Thursday at 5pm GMT, London time. We're talking scary decisions on how to make the most out of life. Come and join me, have a chill, let's discuss some pretty deep shiz. Right, for now, though, on to my episode with Sarah. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Oh, thanks so much for having me. To give our listeners an idea of who you are much better than I can, imagine there's a film soon to be released called Frugal Preneur. Can you briefly introduce yourself in the style of a film trailer? Sure. So Frugal Preneur is uh, basically a made-up word that I came up with <laughs> and for Frugal Entrepreneur. And I had several different online businesses and in the course of trying these different online business models, I discovered all these free or very affordable resources that people can mm -hmm. use to manage an online business on a budget. So the idea for the book, I, I wrote a book called Frugalpreneur, and then I created a podcast also called Frugalpreneur, and just kind of detailing the different types of online business models and how to run them in some cases, almost next to free, but definitely affordably. I try to mm -hmm. run all mine for under a hundred a month. So that's the concept of frugalpreneur. Okay. Great. Amazing. And very useful concept, I think. Scene one. The fragile online landscape. 
So whereas before small businesses could still make do without an online presence, having to have an online store and so on, it has since become kind of like a matter of survival. So managing a business entirely online, however, has its costs, or that's what we think. As the frugalpreneur, you specialize in helping businesses strengthen their digital presence, professionally yet on a budget, as you explained in your film trailer. So from what I understand, you, you're an entrepreneur firstly in the content creation space. You've written books and have a podcast show, but you also describe yourself as an author, animal lover and musician. So there are quite a, a few things that you do. Before going the entrepreneurial route, what was your younger self passionate about? I think I was always an entrepreneur at heart because when I was a kid, I would gather up like free pencils and candy and sell them to my friends, but I didn't really realize it. Mm -hmm. So I was, I think I was focused more on music as a kid. I played the drums okay. and I had a million different pets. <laughs> so okay. music and animals, I think, were my focus back then. <laughs> what kind of pets? <laughs> Oh, I had cats, guinea pigs, rabbits, turtles, frogs, hamsters. I think that's about it. Okay, right. So that's where the animal lover part comes in. Yeah. Now, of all those descriptors, which describes you best now and why? Uh, well, I still love music and animals, but definitely entrepreneur is my, what would describe mm -hmm. me now. For the past, I would say over a decade now has been... Okay. Trying different business models. Okay, great. So you started uh, several business ventures, as far as I understand, amongst which is your online business consulting service. Now, does, can you describe some of the other ventures that you've tried and what key lessons you've learned from them? Let's see. So I had a drop shipping business for like baby onesies. <laughs> and baby onesies. I, yeah, it was called Funzy Onesie. I actually still technically have the business. I just don't do anything mm -hmm. with it. And what I like about the drop shipping model is you don't have to keep an inventory or even ship the stuff yourself. Yeah. But it the products were coming from China, so it would take so long for people to get their mm -hmm. their stuff. And, you know, people are so used to Amazon these days and getting stuff in two days. So yeah. even if, you know, I made it clear that people wouldn't get their stuff for like two to six weeks sometimes. But I think that was still an issue. And so I learned that that's probably not the best <laughs> business model for me yeah. anyway. Let's see. I've tried. I had like t-shirt business um, mm -hmm. where I'd create t-shirt designs. And I mean, it's similar to drop shipping, I guess. It's more yeah. print on demand. So was it any particular designs or was it just like custom designs, basically, or pre-designed t-shirts? Well, some of them were pre-designed. Mm -hmm. It was a website where it was called Spreadshirt. I think it still exists, but they have a different okay. business model now. But yeah. But basically, you could take someone else's design and put it on mm -hmm. a shirt, and then if it sells, they make like a commission basically off okay. of it. And then yeah. you do too. And then I'd make mm -hmm. shirts with different sayings and things like that. But let's see, I've done affiliate marketing, which I still do a little mm -hmm. bit. And yeah, just a variety of things. Yeah. Right. So one interesting thing that you mentioned was on the, the drop shipping, like having 
to tell people they're going to wait for their products. Now, do you think, just as a general question, in today's society where we're kind of used to getting everything instantly, this is really important for the way we run our online business? Yeah, because, I mean, even if you let people know in advance, they either sometimes they don't even know, like maybe they didn't read that email or that yeah. disclaimer or whatever, yeah. or they forget or whatever. So I think definitely speed of delivery or whatever it is, is mm -hmm. important. And so I think that was a roadblock I was running into there. Okay. No, it's quite interesting. Just I had a similar experience last year. It was slow fashion designer in LA, which I decided to try. I discovered her on a podcast. And it was had that exact same kind of disclaimer of you're going to have to wait because it's slow fashion. I ended up waiting like, I think, eight months <laughs> just because of everything. That oh, wow. <laughs> That's why I asked <laughs> if, it's, if you think it's important. So whether this was during some of your other ventures or whether it happened more recently, when would you say you encountered like a major, the most important crossroad in your professional or personal life? And what did you decide? So in 2008, I had six different jobs that year, um, not at the same time, but throughout the course of the year. And I just realized that working for someone else probably wasn't <laughs> what I wanted to do mm -hmm. permanently. And yeah. so I decided to be my own boss. And that's when I actually started a photography business first. Hmm. But I realized that while, while I like taking photos of landscapes and architecture and animals, I didn't like taking photos of people. But that's mm -hmm. where the money was. It was I was doing weddings yeah. and portraits. But the bigger issue was just the expense to maintain equipment and all that. So that's yeah. when I switched the online business model and tried several different things. But so I would say 2008 was kind of an eye-opening year when I realized that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and my own boss. <laughs> yeah. And that's a tough decision just in itself because there are risks mm. involved whenever you decide to go at it by yourself alone. Right. <laughs> now, how did all of that eventually lead to your idea for Frugalpreneur? Was there like a time when you thought, oh, well, you actually touched on it. So I'm just going to let you explain. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was, you know, when I was trying all these different online business yeah. models that I got the idea and actually the, the phrase came to me. Are you familiar with Dave Ramsey? I've heard the name, but. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he's bigger in the United States. I think he has this course called financial peace. And so I was mm -hmm. in that course and it's, it's, he was talking about all these different ways to, you know, pay off debt and save money and all that stuff. And I was sitting there thinking, okay, all these ideas are great, but what about making more money, you know, to help with that? And so then yeah. the word frugalpreneur came to my mind and I was like, oh, I should write a book about all these things I've been mm -hmm. discovering online. And then yeah. the podcast was actually just going to be like 10 episodes or something. It was just going to help market the book basically. Mm -hmm. But I was getting more leverage and traction from the podcast than the book and so and making connections and whatnot so I've kept the podcast up and I've been editing yeah. my own podcast and people have complimented me on that so then I was like well might as well start a podcast production agency and get paid <laughs> to do it for other people and so I'm kind of all in on podcasting um when did this happen the podcast that was April of 2019 that I started it all right so to 
approximately two years ago not quite, yeah almost yeah. <laughs> all right yeah right that that's really interesting um especially that you got more traction off the podcast show than the the book do you think that's just trend or was it just people engaged more do you get guests on your podcast show i do some solo episodes but i do primarily yeah. you know guest interviews but yeah i think i think that's kind of the way things are going now is in I guess audio in general, whether it's podcasts or audio books or I don't know if you've heard of Clubhouse, but it's a new social um, network with that's just audio. Yeah, I think audio in general, I guess because people can multitask, like drive or do the dishes or whatever while they're listening versus reading a book or, you know, watching a YouTube video or something where it involves your eyes and your full attention. So people are more inclined to listen longer. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so I think that's probably why it's podcasting and whatnot is doing so well. Yeah, I totally understand that because that's how I got into podcasting is because it was actually, I started with language podcasts and I just had to kind of get the language, like the information at the same time as doing something else because we only have so much time in a day. Uh, So I drove and listened to language podcasts. And then when I started my own, just because where I live, people don't even sometimes know what it is, a podcast. So I found that I had to start kind of explaining it so I'm doing it in a, f- a fun way on social media where I just put like a little picture of someone listening to a podcast doing something else to explain oh this is how you like use it this is how it's uh, different from say reading or watching something oh that's interesting that the people in your area like in your because uh, you're in what England and north of, north of England so in the south it's probably a lot more I think just generally in England it's still taking, starting to take off. Obviously, there are those who know it, who are very familiar with it, and those who don't. But it is it definitely increased a lot over the last year or so. So, slightly behind, perhaps, the development in the United oh, States. Okay. okay, yeah. <laughs> Scene two. The podcasting eruption. Delayed in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> when we when we want to start anything whether it is to make money or whether it's a community project a passion project or some major technological innovation everything obviously costs money most of the time you have to bite the bullet and spend at least a little bit to get something off the ground whether you're in the content creation space for example being a podcaster or whether you're in retail you'll need a website maybe e-commerce capabilities, a mailing list, an email domain name, a logo, social media, I discovered all of this, and so forth. In fact, there are so many payable add-ons that we're not actually aware of how much we're going to end up paying. And we end up spending more than we budgeted for. Now, this is where your help is going to be essential. Can you break down the general must-haves for online businesses? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you actually mentioned several of them. Uh, definitely a website, because a lot of people think that they just need a Facebook page and whatnot. And I know people who that's all they have is a Facebook page. Yeah. But the problem is, first of all, I mean, MySpace, I don't know if you remember MySpace, but it yeah. like <laughs> overnight practically, you know, disappeared. And then 
algorithms are always changing. And I know with Facebook, like only one or 2% of people are seeing your stuff unless you boost to pay it. And so, plus you're not getting people's email addresses to market to them. So it's important to have social media, but definitely have your own Mm -hmm. website as well. And then, of course, so for a website, you'll need a domain, which I get all mine at oneandone.com, and they're only a dollar for the first year. Do you have to design everything yourself, though? Uh, Well, I use WordPress just free Mm -hmm. except for hosting, website hosting, which depending on who you use could be as little as like $3 a month. I don't know what these equate to in... uh, Let's see, pounds is what y'all have, right? Yes, right. So it's probably going to be a little bit less, but just by a margin. So it's approximately the same. (laughs) And then, but you could do like Wix or Weebly or Squarespace, which are like websites where it's hosted through there. You don't pay extra for Mm. the hosting. uh, And it's very like drag and drop and easy. Yeah, I've got Squarespace. Um, But... (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, And then an email marketing platform is also important. Mm -hmm. What I use is called SendFox, and they're fairly new. And when I signed up, the first 3,000 subscribers were free. Now it's 1,000. But what I like about it, especially for content creators like bloggers, YouTubers, podcasters, is that you can put in your YouTube link or your RSS feed and it'll automatically generate weekly newsletters based on your latest podcast episode or whatever and email it out. So it saves a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's some other email marketing platforms that are also free up to a certain amount Mm -hmm. like MailerLite and MailChimp. But yeah, I would say definitely a website and email list yeah logos you could create for free in canva or yeah. pay someone five dollars and and fiverr <laughs> but i would say those are the things to like get started and then of course depending mm-hmm. on what type of business you have you would need maybe other things like if you're a podcaster for example mm-hmm. i would recommend a microphone Mm-hmm. I have an ATR twenty one hundred, which was like sixty or eighty dollars. But yeah, so I mean, yeah. you could start a podcast for under a hundred dollars that way. But you don't yeah. need the best the, mic but necessarily the, at the start. So, no, and in fact, I think no, it actually doesn't matter that much. Like for some people, it might seem like a big deal, like having the whole studio set up and all of the like really really high end equipment. But I mean, I've done recordings next to a river just because of lockdown and so on and it worked perfectly fine in fact there was nice ambient sound but yeah so the, <laughs> the idea is that you don't need the best 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 from the start mm-hmm. yeah and I think that's a mistake that people make is they think that they need to start with the best whatever they're doing start with the best or like if they're yeah. starting a podcast they'll think mm-hmm. they're thinking like a broadcast studio and they need all that yeah. stuff but you know I start small start affordably and you know as you get more business and things like that then you can if you want to you can upgrade and add on things but okay now of what you've mentioned where would you say I suppose whether it's equipment or a website or something that people can save the most money where do people overspend oh overspend i mean i think people use a lot more software than they probably need 
You mean like subscriptions? Yeah, probably subscriptions yeah. to, mm -hmm. I guess, primarily software. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I just do the bare minimum <laughs> and I usually sign up for like if something has a free plan I'll go with a free plan mm -hmm. until I have mm -hmm. to upgrade or whatever yeah because I keep all my business expenses under a hundred and that in well okay. actually now it's down to like 40 or 60 somewhere in there yeah and then I use the extra for ads okay all right <laughs> I see oh, that's a good strategy to have so sorry, where oh it's software. So people should just think carefully about like whether they need to go straight in on like the I don't know expert <laughs> option plan and maybe just start with beginner or free plan or whatever it might be. Like say there's a few different softwares that do pretty much the same thing, but like one doesn't have a free plan and one does. I recommend going with the one that has a free plan. Yeah. And mm -hmm. at a certain point you can probably start eliminating some software altogether because yeah. i mean i just keep things to a bare minimum like i need podcast hosting website yeah. hosting an email marketing platform a giveaway i use king sumo for giveaways which is also free you know things like that so yeah. Well, I can give an, just an example from my own experience. So when I started editing videos, obviously you get so many options out there. Um, you have Premiere Pro. I can't even remember all of them now, the exact names, Lightworks, and then HitFilm Express, which has like almost all of the capabilities. It's a bit more difficult to work with, but you can get it like if you use the Express one, it's completely free. And then whatever you need, you just pay as an add-on. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to take a little bit time just to learn it but eventually i mean i've been able to do most of what i need to and then later on i can consider upgrading or using a different program if needed mm -hmm. now because of the pandemic many industries suffered economically however there are a couple of industries that did benefit from the world's sudden mass dependence on online services now we all know about like netflix amazon and so on. But what I found really interesting was a report on podcasting, which says that it boomed with a 53% increase in new podcasts and an 81% increase in podcast ad impressions. But obviously that also changed over the course of the year. Now we get to podcasts. Some people are still baffled by them. Firstly, what is podcasting according to you? <laughs> Well, basically, this is a podcast. Um, it's an audio file, although some people do video uh, as well. But mm -hmm. and there's an RSS feed that so that anytime you have a new episode, it updates and whatnot. But I think it started in 2004, at least podcasting as we know it. And then between 2004 and 2019, so 15 years, there were 800,000 podcasts. And then between 2019 and 2020. And I think this was before the pandemic or maybe at the beginning, it increased, it doubled to like 1.6 mm -hmm. million in just one year. And then I, it's probably higher than that now, but I mean, it's just really picking up and gaining popularity and more and more mm -hmm. people know about it. And there's a lot of money being thrown into it. Like, I don't know if you heard about yeah. Joe Rogan and the yeah. $100 million Spotify deal. And then of Spotify course. is buying all these different. <laughs> different yeah. companies and now amazon is into podcasting and 
like Google is transcribing podcasts so you can it's easily searchable even in Google and it's just like Mm. and there are loads of new companies and businesses being started around podcasting so even if they're not necessarily podcasters or hosting a show they do things like editing um I can't remember I've been approached by so many different ones like what what are the other examples besides editing there are Editing is probably the predominant one. Oh, and matching services. So where you guests can find hosts and hosts can find guests. And there are also paid plans on those uh, sites. So it's Mm. it's incredible to see something develop and be kind of in the middle. Oh, and apps. That's the other one. Podcast apps. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, there's so many different, uh, like more directories coming out. and Exactly. Now, from your own perspective, you've touched on what your podcast is about, Frugalpreneur, but what would you say is maybe one of the biggest changes since you started? One of the biggest changes in podcasting? I mean, just since I've started, it's definitely grown in popularity. And I feel like a lot of, well, I think it's getting to the point where every business probably is going to need a podcast because... Mm-hmm. People almost expect it now. Like even Wendy's has a podcast, which seems a little weird to me <laughs> that a fast food place would oh, have a podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have a Wendy's. So I was like uh, thinking, hmm, what could that be? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. But yeah, I think businesses are finding that podcasting is, it, it, it helps give people more exposure because people yeah. are searching in podcast apps or even on Google and plus, like, if you have a guest on or if you're a guest on another show, either way, you're basically leveraging that person's audience. Well, yeah. assuming your guest, like, shares it sure. and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're a guest on other shows, that definitely helps. And then, yeah, it, it just seems like the exposure and growth potential it's a lot better than I think ads in my opinion, but <laughs> no, I totally like agree with your name you. Out there. Yes. Because the a podcast is a lot more direct. And I mean, I spoke to one of my recent guests was a, a like a high profile PR person, um, internationally known. And she, she also said, she confirmed it's huge for B2B and just getting your services known in a different way. And then, of course, I noticed this in one of your emails where it said, like, it's the new business card, which I really like that analogy. So I've decided I'm going to use it when I describe to people around here what a podcast is and why why it's a good (laughs) idea to like kind of to have be your guest on a show or even like think of starting your own. Now, this is kind of linked to my own situation. Do you believe podcasts popularity is culturally linked? So, for example, do you think there are countries where podcasts are just not? Well, I mean, I guess like what you were talking about, I didn't realize that it wasn't as because in America, I feel like almost everyone probably knows what a podcast is. They maybe haven't listened to one, but so that's interesting. And there's Mm -hmm. probably some I imagine there's some countries, you know, like third world type of countries Mm -hmm. that probably will never Mm -hmm. maybe have access or know what it is but I think you know it's interesting because when I check my podcast stats 
most of my listeners, like over 50% are United States. And then, but the next country after that is India, which I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. And then like the UK and Australia and Canada and all those kind of are Mm -hmm. under that. But I just never would have thought like India would be like one of my biggest anyway (laughs) but yeah it's interesting I mean that's why I kind of asked about the culturally linked because what I found is when I checked my stats my I think it's either the second or third biggest listening or like audience is in Norway which is like why it's not even an English-speaking country but anyway there you go oh wow so I have no idea why (laughs) It turns out that (laughs) podcasts are fast becoming the new websites, in a sense. And of course, it's best to have the website and the podcast running alongside. Because in general, a podcast is just more dynamic, interactive means of advertising and kind of like just talking about what you do. How are podcasts essentially the same as a website or a blog? And how are they different? They're the same, I guess, in the sense that... It's a way for people to find you and learn about you and things like that. It's different in that it gives people an opportunity to the whole know, like, and trust. They get to know you as a person and your personality and all of that. Because on a website or a blog, I mean, you're just reading stuff primarily. I mean, you might have videos and things on there, but yeah. And so it, it helps people to get to know you better. Plus, they're spending more time with you. Like a po- the average podcast is anywhere from thirty to sixty minutes and beyond. Yeah. And so, you know, someone's gonna <laughs> get to know you a lot better <laughs> in that amount of time than just scrolling yeah. through your your website. So, in a way, while you should have a a website, it's almost like podcasting might actually be even better in a way. Yeah. Once again, it's from my own experience. And this is something I should probably just look into more. Like I've kind of neglected my website because I find the, like, this is where I am. This is me. This I'm talking now to guests and obviously guests share mostly what they do, but it's a conversation. And if it's not that social media is the quick way to kind of like say, okay, this is what you've been up to. And then of course the newsletter, but I definitely feel that there's, Perhaps people are moving away from physically going to a website and checking in what is this person doing or what's going on and using other means of doing that kind of catching up and seeing what what they have to offer and so forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, and one last question. You haven't mentioned video yet. Is this something that you're not, not specializing in or do you believe that it's just as powerful as the audio side? What's your opinion on the YouTube alongside or just vlogging? Because it's not just YouTube really alongside podcasts. Yeah, so I think I'm going to start doing like we're on Squadcast right now, which is what yeah. I use. And they mm-hmm. just now started yeah. doing uh, video. Yeah. So I think I'm going to start. I'm going to try that out and then, you know, upload the videos to YouTube. What Mm -hmm. I do right now is I just take like the audio and make it into an audiogram and put that on YouTube, which I don't know if that does a whole lot of good, but (laughs) I guess it can't hurt. But yeah, I think video is becoming more important, but 
I don't know if long form video. I feel like people yeah. are more interested in like five and ten minute videos where it's like teaching them something or you know answering a question or whatever yeah. versus I don't know if like an hour long interview unless it's with some like really well known person maybe mm. then I mean I'm gonna try it out but I don't know that that's gonna get a lot of yeah traffic or traction because like we said audio the nice thing about audio is that people can multitask whereas yeah. with a video they can't really if they're watching it and so i think video is good and powerful if it's you know maybe under 10 minutes probably yes yes i think a video for the sake of video for actually watching something from my own experience just what i actually do is i prefer something that's 10 10 minutes not not longer than that because it's just a, a very convenient quick watch and you can either learn something you can be inspired or you could just have a laugh if you want but <laughs> audio obviously you can do this while you're doing something else and then the other thing I find is I know like the major podcasts they all put their interviews obviously on YouTube and they do have a big audience there but to have to produce that video takes a lot of time having to do the podcast and then not not necessarily knowing if people are going to watch it. And even if they put it on as like a background audio, not necessarily watching the video, I still feel that it's kind of a rep repetition of what you've done already. And it might just be better to, if you're going to do anything, have like a creative short form or like a little podcast short that could give people the need to listen to it, the longer podcast that is. Like maybe like a... Not necessarily a trailer, but kind of a... Yeah, kind of like that. Like just an extract, but with a, a visual element to it. Scene three. Can we all be entrepreneurs? When we start a side hustle, and I have a lot of friends who they've got their day job, but they also have something they do on the side. Um, or we start a creative endeavor. Once again, I have loads of friends who they, they're creatives. They do something like photography or something else while maintaining a nine to five job. We often just simply don't think we can do our passion like full time and earn enough to pay the bills. Firstly, what is your experience of entrepreneurial fear? I just made that up, but yeah, I suppose that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that is definitely a fear that a lot of people have. And I have, uh, have had that too. And I think it's important to, you know, when you're first launching your business or side hustle or whatever you want to call it, to keep your day job to pay your bills, at least into mm -hmm. because you might find you don't like what you're doing, or that it's not successful. And because, you know, I spent so much time like trying these different things and I mean I finally landed on podcasting <laughs> but it took like a decade and yeah. so a wise thing to do to keep your day job uh initially mm -hmm. and then I think once you know that this is what you want to do and the business you want to have and if it's generating enough income to hopefully at least replace your day job income or at least pay yeah. your bills if nothing else mm -hmm. then you could consider you know doing going full time but yeah i think a lot of people just assume that 
if they're going to start a business that, oh, now they got to quit their job and go all in. And people have done that. Mm -hmm. And some people have done it successfully. But at the same time, personally for me, that I wouldn't recommend like just up and quitting your day job as soon as you start a business. But (laughs) yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the wise thing to do is while you shouldn't be too afraid to perhaps pursue your passion as a job you should also approach it level-headedly and I think I just made that that, I don't think that word exists level level level-headedly maybe it does anyway (laughs) (laughs) just approach it like soberly and maintain your day job while building something else basically Mm -hmm. then again if what you say is true and we don't need necessarily loads of savings to sustain a business and we can do it fairly easily online, even automating some processes, shouldn't we all just quit our day jobs and stop making money for other people and become entrepreneurs? (laughs) Can you perhaps define the new generation of entrepreneurs? How are we different and what are the main tools that we are using or going to use And what kind of people are we? Yeah, like I said, I wouldn't recommend quitting your day job. I think I kind of feel like everybody should have a side hustle just in the event that they lose their day job. You know, like with COVID and all that, people were losing their jobs. And, Mm. you know, just kind of to have on the side or the back burner in case something else, you know, something happens to your day job or just to have as an extra income. But yeah. I think if someone has a business idea or they're entrepreneurial minded and they know they want to do something and they don't even know maybe what it is, I think it's good and important to, you know, launch a side hustle and all that. But (laughs) jumping in full time and quitting your day job probably isn't, (laughs) wouldn't be the best but you would say that the way things have gone and the way things have developed online and not having to spend necessarily loads on running a business means that everyone has the chance. Oh, and even if you don't want to, because not everybody wants to quit their, their day jobs, perhaps they really enjoy what they're doing, They but they can still maintain something else that they enjoy doing on the side. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because it's so affordable to at least mm-hmm. to have an online business anyway. Yeah. You know, obviously a brick and mortar or retail business, that's going to be expensive. But to have an online business, I mean, it's really affordable. And so if there's something that you're that you have a hobby or you're passionate about or you're very educated on and you could teach other people, things like that, mm-hmm. like I mean, you could create courses or coaching or yeah there's so many different things you could do um so yeah i definitely recommend to definitely start something on the side okay great now to wrap things up you help others save money while they get their businesses up and running how do you perceive your role within society and how will this develop in the future at least with the podcast, my goal is to show people that it doesn't take a bunch of money to start an online business anyway. And, you know, point them in the direction as far as like different types of online business models, what you need to get those started and things like that. So I think that's kind of my role 
I guess you could say, in society or what I'm trying to do is help people realize that they don't need to take out a loan or have credit or get uh, an investor or any of that to start a business. How do you think this will develop in the future? Do you see something new for you? Well, I think, uh, see, I have a podcast production agency now, and Mm -hmm. but I never would have thought that that would be a thing for me because... It's like I tried all these other online business models and then I created a podcast to go along with my book, but I wasn't planning on having the podcast for mm-hmm. long, but then that kind of developed and so then I created the podcast production agency. So it's kind of like these different things that I didn't, you know, see coming yeah. or didn't foresee you didn't like one anything. thing leads to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of this has, has led me basically to you know, the podcast production agency, essentially, and that that's what I'll be doing. Because that's, I mean, I already had the software and Mm -hmm. this, that, and the other. So it's not like it's even really costing me anything other than time. Mm -hmm. Just a clarification on that. So you, obviously, people can contact you when they want to produce a podcast for, say, their business or just for themselves, and you help them with how to do it. Yeah, so basically, I think, one of the hindrances that when someone starts podcasting, they tend to pod fade, which means like that usually the average is seven to 10 episodes people put out and then mm-hmm. they're done because yeah. people don't realize all the post-production involved. I don't think it's mm-hmm. the recording that people have an issue with usually. Yeah. It's the post-production, the editing production, the mm-hmm. social media, just all that. And so basically what I do is people will record their episode and then send it to me and I do all the editing, like removing ums and uhs and filler words and then the production, like, you know, mastering and leveling and all of that kind of stuff. And then I also do like the audiograms and blog posts and show notes and all that kind of stuff, basically. All the time consuming. (laughs) Right. It's so time consuming. No, it is like, I mean, you just don't know. You think, oh, okay, well, you record. I had an idea because I studied like music technology or like all the editing and all of that. So I had a, an idea that some editing is going to be involved. And But until you actually do it and you get to having to decide how you want to do the show notes and so on, you don't actually realize how long it takes to do one episode. Mm. That's one episode. Right, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So thank you so much for joining me today, Sarah. This has been fascinating. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Where can people find out more about your podcast, The Frugalpreneur, and also anything else you have to offer, like this podcast agency that you spoke about? Um, Yeah, so you can find the podcast in any directory. Just search (laughs) Frugalpreneur and it should come up. The podcast production agency is podseam.com, P-O-D-S-E-A-M. Mm-hmm. And then I, I have three books that I give away for free, the PDF version, at the sarahstjohn.com forward slash free. That's Sarah mm-hmm. with an H and then S-T-J-O-H-N. Yes. Social media? Oh, yeah. Social media everywhere, pretty much at the Sarah mm-hmm. St. John. And then Clubhouse, if anyone has that, it's at Sarah St. John. Yeah, I also I'm working on a podcast course as well, which if you just go to my main website, it'll be on there. But I'm currently still working on that. It's called Podcast Profit Pro. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Great. Well, thank you once again. And thank you for everything you're doing in terms of just like putting out the good word for podcasts and podcasters. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. Right. So before we go, I have a couple of quick fire questions. Feel free to elaborate as much as you like. And just so that listeners can get to know you a little bit better. What is the most recent film or series you watched? But I prefer you to tell me what is the most recent podcast you listened to or book you read? Uh, let's see. Uh, the most re I'm reading a book right now called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by oh, uh, sounds good. I think it's Dale Carnegie. Okay. So that's the one I'm currently reading. And then let's see podcasts. I'm actually pulling up my because <laughs> I listen to so many. Let's see. I would say I, I listened to the Dan Henry show. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but and then also Hustle and Flow Chart is another one that I really like. Okay. I think those are right. the and of course the usual smart passive income and entrepreneur on fire, but I would say those are main ones I listen to. Okay. Great. Actually, what films do you watch films and series? Well, I watched one called Palmer. It just came out. It has Justin mm -hmm. Timberlake in it. Then okay. there was another one that came out that same day that I can't remember now. I mainly right. watch stuff like on Netflix and Apple Plus and things like that. Okay. So, yeah. What important truth do very few people agree with you on? Oh, well, I don't know if this is a truth as much as an opinion, but kind of like what we were talking about earlier, like I feel everybody should probably start a side hustle Mm -hmm. you know if nothing else to have as extra income even if that's not what they want to do full-time but yeah I guess that would be it is that everybody should have a side hustle <laughs> great I like that one what's the biggest challenge you've overcome in your life uh well I I guess during my entrepreneurial journey just overcoming well we get shiny object syndrome and mm -hmm. we keep we're like we'll get bored of something and then we'll think of a new idea and want to do that and so I think that's something I've had to work on is the shiny object syndrome and then just you know I think starting out it's good to educate yourself with you know books podcasts courses all that stuff and and to continue that but at a certain point if you're not implementing what you're learning then what's the point and so I try to for every hour I spend learning, I try to spend another hour implementing. And so that was kind of, I guess, a, an area as well that I had struggled with. Okay. And then favorite travel destination and why? Oh. Something oh, we can't I've been, do. So. Make us dream, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite city is actually New York City because there's mm -hmm. just so much to do. Um, I love Hawaii. We actually had a trip planned for Hawaii last April, mm -hmm. but then COVID happened. And so we had mm. to cancel that. And it was going to be fully free, too, because we had built up all these Southwest airline miles that we oh, were going to use wow. for the airfare and even for the hotels and yeah. the rental car, everything. So it was going to be like a free oh, trip. But yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> there will be opportunities in the future. Yeah. I also love London. London's a okay. fun city as well. It is. And then lastly, what advice would you give to someone 
And I'm just going to narrow this down, wishing to start a career in podcasting. So I think having a career in podcasting where like your podcast itself is the business is pretty hard to do at this point. I think initially when podcasting started, you know, like John Lee Dumas, I don't know if you're familiar with him of Entrepreneur mm -hmm. on Fire. I mean, he pretty much has a business based around a podcast, yeah. but I think it's important to have a podcast to like coincide with whatever business you have as yes. an extra marketing uh, and exposure tactic. Okay. So I think using a, a podcast to help promote your business makes more sense than having a podcast as your business, unless you're doing something, you know, like podcast production, something like that, where it's not just the podcast, but it's around yeah. the topic of podcasting. Okay. Well, thank you once again. It was fascinating. You're my first like podcasting specialist guest. So big moment. Thank oh, you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this narrative journey, please consider following our podcast or come and say hello on Insta at regeneration.studio. You can also navigate over to our website, regenerationstudio.co.uk, where you can find all our links and get in touch easily. Why not take a second, leave us a rating and review on Apple. That would be so awesome. It helps more people find this show and helps us share these amazing stories of difficult roads and beautiful destinations. And it's just kind of nice to see. Well, stories that could make a small difference in someone else's life. Join me next time for more narrative journeys outside the box. Bye.